a review of X-Men Days of Future Past, which came out on the 22nd of May. And as I mentioned, it's the first film I've reviewed for some months, I think, that's actually been in the cinema, um, as I've been focusing on uh, other stuff. Uh, it's the latest in what's ended up being a very long-running franchise. There's people that credit the uh, original three X-Men movies, in particular the first two, with influencing a lot of what's happened since with regards to comic book adaptations um, uh, from the Spider-Man movies and uh, also the, in particular stuff like uh, the darkness and gothic nature of uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Um, the first two X-Men films were very well re- regarded directed by Brian Singer, who's now embroiled in a very unsavoury court case. He's not been proven to have done anything wrong, but the accusations are extremely disturbing. And they obviously kept him off the uh, circuit for this one. Uh, the, fir- the three films, the last of the first three films, was a, a, a bit of a letdown for fans of Brian Singer's versions as they got a new director in. And he did a much more bog-standard job of uh, X-Men Last Stand. And it was still good, though. It wasn't, it wasn't a terrible film. Um, there have also been a couple of Wolverine spin-offs. And the first of those wasn't very well received. The second one that came out last year was actually quite well received. Um, it wasn't a great film, but it was actually quite good. And they're going to do a third one of those. And then, most importantly of all, Matthew Vaughan. Uh, there's these three... There's these, Two directors, Brian Singer and Matthew Vaughan, that have circled the X-Men movies bizarrely. Uh, and there was a very successful reboot of the X-Men franchise, which uh, almost pulled a Star Trek reboot, which was to use an entirely new cast, often to play the same roles that would appear in the later, well, in the earlier movies that happened chronologically after X-Men First Class. And X-Men First Class was directed by Matthew Vaughan, Matthew Vaughan was supposed to direct Days of Future Past, but had a falling out, and Brian Singer has actually come back on board to direct this film, and he's also directed the next one as well. Uh, This one takes place a long time after X-Men First Class, which happened around the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis in the early 60s. It moves forward another 10 years. Um, It actually moves forward into the future at the start, where um, Wolverine and all of the 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 original cast are fighting some unimaginable uh, terror in these uh, robots that can basically adapt to whatever the mutants can do in the future and are, are destroying the planet and they've got no real way of fighting them because these mutants can take on uh, a lot of the weaponry and powers that the mutants have these uh, robot sentinels can actually take on and they're just indestructible so they end up sending Wolverine back to the 1970s where they work out that uh, the character played by Jennifer Lawrence, who's called Mystique or Raven, dependent on what she's uh, feeling like. She calls Raven her slave name, uh, and she's the one that turns blue. Um, They work out that she actually ends up killing someone uh, who's responsible for building these Sentinels, and that engenders public perception to, to throw billions of dollars at this program and end up... She, her DNA gets uh, used in the making of these Sentinels. So he goes back basically to stop this event happening and stop these Sentinels ever being built. Uh, it's got a huge cast. James McAvoy and Fassbender return to take on the two pivotal rows of Magneto and uh, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, the uh, Patrick <laughs> Stewart role. Um, uh, it's, uh, basically in the first film, uh, James McAvoy's character had actually got 
shot at the end and uh, that's how he ended up in a wheelchair and that's why he's in the wheelchair in the future. When Wolverine goes back to the 1970s, McAvoy's character is walking around not particularly well as he's a, a rancid alcoholic and a very embittered man and a school he's set up to look after all of these mutants and to uh, help them in the world has been basically shut down by the Vietnam War and the, and the conscription of a lot of the people that were in his uh, in his school and he was looking after and he's basically almost alone um from then on they go searching for jennifer lawrence's mystique and travel around and have numerous set pieces and god knows what else um it reminded me a lot of winter soldier which is the two very very strong and very iconoclastic parts of the franchises so with winter soldier it's part of the whole Avengers franchise and that came out a couple of months ago and was a really strong film with a very good story that broke down a lot of the previous mythology that they've been using and in a way this does a similar thing it's very dark and gothic and quite bleak um, it's one of the most hypercultural films I can think of it's, it seems like it's made up of a number of different films so there's the whole premise is very much like the Terminator movies where they've got this uh, undefeatable future army attacking them and go back into the past to try and stop it ever happening um, it's also got like elements of the matrix as well very um down where they're being attacked by these beings and everything comes down to the last minute and it's got inception as well where uh, wolverine's character sort of floats back and forth in this hyper real world where he's uh it, He's, uh, his consciousness is projected back into the past and when he comes back to the future and there's a song playing, it's an obvious nod to Inception. And it's also very redolent of the Watchmen, uh, of Watchmen, which I thought was a very underrated movie in that it's got this sort of pan-global thing to do with um, how people who are actually doing the wrong are often the people who feel like they're doing right and whether you regard it as wrong or not can be down to moral or ethical basis but in practicality like in the, in Watchmen um, the villains even though there weren't any villains per se were actually ended up getting away with what they were doing because everyone agreed that it was for the best of mankind that they did what they were doing and it's got a lot of similarities with all these movies um, it's got some great new characters a particularly interesting one is a very uh, speedy X-Men who's a, a young kid who can travel at very high speed and that sounds quite boring at, at the start but when they show him in this uh, hyper well I said hyper three times now where everything else is slowed down even a bullet hanging in midair it's, so, it's quite metaphysical with the way that he interacts with the world at a very different time frame that everyone else does and he can do amazing things with that. Um, it's got incredibly good reviews. I would say that it's overrated, but not much. Um, it's a little bit messy and it lacks the coherent narrative of the X-Men First Class movie. It is, however, very well acted. It's got some very strong performances. I love James McAvoy in this role. He goes backwards and forwards between being a basket case and eventually taking on the role that he wants. Michael Fassbender and McAvoy make a great pairing as they fluctuate between being very firm friends and borderline enemies throughout both the movies. And Jennifer Lawrence is great as well. It uses virtually everyone that's been in all of the franchise movies so far, um, particularly uh, relying on Wolverine as I think they wanted to have that sort of integral 
character that's existed in almost every movie. He didn't show up very much in X-Men First Class, only one scene. Um, so I think that it's it, it's better for me in the opening half than it is in the closing half, but the closing half does contain a really operatic sort of build towards this huge spectacle finale. It's just it doesn't really have a baddie or as something to focus on that much. And I thought the themes in Watchmen were a little bit more developed and a little bit more intelligent. But that said, you're rarely cringing in these movies. It's uh, They're still done very intelligently and the acting's above what you would normally get in a, a superhero movie. So I'm going to give X-Men Days of Future Past uh, 8 out of 10. It's certainly very good popcorn. I saw FBI's review of it saying that it wasn't the best junk food in the cinema right now i'd have to say it probably is the best junk food in the cinema right now um whether it's quite the film winter soldier is i'm not sure but winter soldier also by the end had started to taper off for me as well so eight out of ten x-men days of future past 